cliffcentral.com. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab Show. My name is Liz Ogumba Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in once again. Now, this is where we dissect the business behind fashion with a specific focus in Africa. And on today's show, we're actually touching base with the current state of affairs in African fashion. We're going to be dissecting and focusing the African fashion industry with insights from a few stakeholders within the fashion game from West, from East, from South. Our focus is definitely going to be around some key three issues. It doesn't mean that these are the only key three things or subject matters that we want to dissect today, but we're going to talk finance, we're going to touch on manufacturing, and we're going to touch on retail. Now, Africa's economy has continued, obviously continued uh, growth, uh, growing rapidly, riding on the back of successes recorded in some sectors and obviously resurgence of others like manufacturing, which has now beamed light on the importance of the continent's fashion industry. Obviously, the opportunities are immense. Sub-Saharan's apparel and footwear market is reportedly worth $31 billion, according to data by Euromonitor. Now, according to Translate Media, Knight Frank estimates the number of African millionaires will rise to about 53% to 258,000 by 2024. That is the highest growth rate of all regions globally. So that's just basically reminding you of what time it is in Africa. Now, already Nigerians are spending close to $250,000 annually on luxury items. All these super rich Africans represent a small market at present. It's a group that's growing more rapidly than any other continent. And we also know that luxury brands aren't reaching out to them uh, on like a short term view. It's, it's really something that's really growing. So across the continent, the middle class has tripled in three decades and now represents a third of total population according to the African Development Bank Group. So I feel like some of these facts I'm just sharing so we can actually know what we are dealing with and we can have some sort of numbers. Um, the trend has partly been fueled by a move uh, towards stable salaried jobs away from traditional ones in agriculture or micro-business. There's now a middle-class population of around 300 million people across the continent defined by the ADBG and obviously they say those with a household income of over $3,900. So let's just say African fashion has enjoyed massive media presence in recent times. The world is obviously aware of the industry and its capabilities, uh, and therefore it is time to talk a talk right now that will move us uh, to the right direction. Now, before we introduce our special guests, we're joined by our New York partner and contributor, Edgy Benson, who also runs NU in New York, which is a fashion services company based in New York sourcing services to some of the biggest uh, uh, names in fashion. Edgy, welcome to the show. Hi, Liz. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) Well, I know that you're uh, not so good, but who are you wearing and who made your clothes? Maybe we can start there. (laughs) Well, I'm back. I would say normal service resumed because I'm wearing diesel today. (laughs) <laughs> like you, Edgy, like what, you did I, what, did, what did we say about this diesel thing? Can we only talk about what you're wearing on the top? I mean, <laughs> and, and, I know, I, and right? I will explain to our, our guests in house why we are we are not being very harsh on him. But for two years, Edgy has been wearing diesel every like. Can you just <laughs> so imagine? Wrong. I remember so last so week wrong. I did something. Is it one jean or two or different ones? As long as there are more jeans and more shop. It's you know? unacceptable. <laughs> Pure laziness. <laughs> and bad chance. 
Okay. Yes. Okay, I will now I will now get the house quiet. Okay, Edgy, again, what are you wearing? Be creative because there is an attack coming your way. <laughs> what are you wearing on the top then at least? Well it's a bit late for him to be creative. He's wearing it now. So no, no interesting. Yeah. We're we're disappointed it's all right. already. He's forgiven. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Welcome, Eddie. Thank you for the forgiveness. Well on top I'm wearing um a very cool polo shirt. Well the weather is beautiful here today. So I'm wearing a polo shirt. Add a new pair of diesel skis. I know that I wear diesel all the time, but I switch them around a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We happy. <laughs> you do change them. <laughs> you mean you change colors? You get dressed sometimes. Edgy, I just want to, I just want to warn, I, I want to warn you. It's going to be, it's a bit of a madhouse here today. So I will really try to control, but thank you for joining us um, on the show. Um, now our contributor and fashion expert, uh, Francisca Marzilli will not be joining us today. However, she's going to be sharing with us uh, on social media some of the insights as she explores everything around the global fashion market at the PT Imagine Warm Affair in Florence as we speak. Just a quick reminder for those of you who are tuned in for the first time, I've got my favorite segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So think about it. <laughs> That's what we call our red glass of wine right here at Fashion Lab on Cliff Central. And obviously we want to know your who's and your why's. That is our segment where we actually uh, sort of unwind. Now keep your tweets coming. We're at Fashion Lab AF uh, on Twitter. We're at Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> And we would love to hear from you. Now, allow me to now introduce our real panel. Like I said, we've got a full house today, uh, and I will go one at a time. Now, we're joined by CEO and founder of ASM, Alina Missouri. She's a creative force behind the ASM Fashion Consulting Agency, and uh, she's obviously an active member, member in the SA fashion industry. With over nine years' experience, she comes well-equipped in her understanding of local South African fashion industry mechanisms and through the years, she has made it her mission to engage with emerging and established designers via an institutional platform. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the show, madam. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Uh, you know, how, I feel at home. How, how, how was that introduction? Uh, can, I, can I just save it and give it to you so you can roll with that? The queen of version. Hundred percent on point. Welcome to the show, Alina. What are you wearing, and who made your clothes? Oh, I'm wearing uh, Mr. Clive Randall, Very the nice. Godfather Very of nice. fashion. And who? Okay, so well. There you go, the Godfather. Okay, there you go. Guys, the reason we have to ask who made your clothes is because it helps us also just kind of pay attention more to what we are wearing. If we are wearing diesel for two years, it says something. If, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. If you, so it's just about just kind of, uh, on foncier on the, uh, on doit réfléchir. I'm sure our sister will know that uh, How involved from, are you? from the other side. But very important. Yes. That's very yes. important. Merci. Viva. Now we are also joined uh, by. Uh, uh, we've spoken about. So we are also joined today by creative director and founder of TVLHC. That is Theo's Vision La Haute Culture. Now Theo Omambala. Uh, is a new multi-dimensional global creative platform with the rigors of la haute couture, authenticity of brand identity and viability. I am because we are a philosophy inspired by the founder and creative director Theo Omambala sets the tone for this progressive business model. Now her vast experience as a top international model 
academic background and professional esteem has this hot mama moving and shaking like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> The hot mama of fashion. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tio. Got you. Tio, welcome to the show. Oh my goodness, what an introduction. <laughs> I was just waiting for more to come. You know? <laughs> I was just bathing in those compliments. Um, may I just say hello to Edgy, Alina. Ole, I swear it's Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and uh, Seppo is in the house too. It's beautiful here, very hot day. Liz, yes. thank you very much for inviting me to this talk. You are, you are, you're welcome. And just out of being nice for the rest of the show, I will send you that recording so you can actually put it in your pocket and roll with it. And just say, that's your sister. Oh. That's your sister from the other side, though, that has done <laughs> the introduction. I love it. A bag. <laughs> we all day. We yes. all day. Yes. So. So, so what are you wearing and who made your clothes? And you can be creative now, because we can't see you. You shouldn't ask a mother, you know, because <laughs> when you say, I thought, should I make something up? But I'm not going to make something up because actually what I'm wearing is... <laughs> you can say anything. It's allowed, Theo. We know you can Anything. Even if you make it, it's all right. Actually, what I'm wearing is because I just came back from the gym, right? So, because you know what? I got confused at the time. I thought it was one hour ahead. But anyway, what I'm wearing really is I'm wearing my vintage shawl, which is just because it's comfortable. I've got my cheap flip-flops on, but my nails are <laughs> I've got my glasses on, which I always wear, regardless. You know my vintage guard, my vintage glasses. Those who know me know I, I never go anywhere without them. And so I've just chucked this look together. So let's call this the chic, casual, home look. There you go. I like that. Very <laughs> original, Thea. Yeah. Yeah. Theo, because you're a creative, we'll let you slide on that one. So let me just like, <laughs> let me just keep moving. But thank you for joining us on the show. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be, uh, uh, very worthy of everyone's time who's tuned in today. Now we are also joined. Yeah. No, don't rien, don't rien, madame. It's good. We are on. We are just starting now. We're also okay. joined. Yeah. We're also joined by head designer at Sober Design House. Uh, her name is Seppo Mafokwani. Now, the epitome of urban chic sober house design house was definitely launched by head designer herself, who's was sitting with us in studio. And today, I won't tell you. Okay, I was gonna say shh, her boots. I gonna we're gonna talk about what you're wearing right now. But listen, yes, but listen, she. You love me, girl. I love and I love the boots, but she definitely uh, discovered uh, she was incapable of accepting both the conformity and the mediocrity she found surrounding her. So her design signature speaks a language of bold, ultra-feminine shapes with tailored shoulders and waists, which are uh, contrasted with unexpected touches of softness and sparkle. This label is available in several boutiques in Hauteng, and the madame herself is sitting with us in studio today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm you look so, beautiful. I want to so say, welcome. I want to say who, what are you wearing and who made your clothes? I, I bet. Please do Just not say that. Do not say that. I am wearing crap. <laughs> I love my boots, but I think what they're Italian or something. Uh, could you explain it while I take the picture so we can tweet it? <laughs> my boots are Italian. <laughs> And I think my pants are China. <laughs> you can't say that, Seb. I'm so. I, I am so. 
I don't want to say <laughs> the word. <laughs> Okay. Over. okay, I was gonna but, say Mayo. This is where we have to be creative. Uh, yeah, Madame. must I lie? Is that what creative <laughs> I said? Creative. Means? Creative is not lying. Just creative is being it's able cre- to express creating. it in a, uh, creating. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. My jacket. Well, is India. Okay, well, you know what? Thank you for joining us. <laughs> The bottom line is you look hot, and I hope that you have an opportunity to be creative before we finish this show. Before thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank we'll, you. we'll give you a chance. I have a lot chance. to give yeah. you other a lot, than my clothes. A lot for you to think about. Now we have one more guest in the house who I need to introduce. Uh, he is the man behind behind House of Ole, and uh, studies advanced. Uh, I mean, studied advanced tailoring at the London University of the Arts. Uh, producer of Raw Silk. Uh, he's also got a fashion TV show, which he will tell us about briefly, but obviously he's using his skill to be able to help uh, empower the industry. Uh, and he is definitely no no small boy. Huh? We are joined oh. in the house by Ole Ledimo. Welcome to the, welcome to the space. Welcome thank to you, the lab. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, welcome, Ole. Yeah. You're looking fabulous yourself. What are you wearing? Let's start there. Hey, Uncle Nabek. No, 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 I'm not wearing the last one. Come, let's talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wearing, uh, this is actually a sample shirt when I, cause I, I'm, I'm into beading and yeah. beadwork. And I always think, how do you bring this beadwork and elements of it into clothing without it overwhelmingly overwhelming us? Mm. So this is just a beautiful, I love shoulders. And because I do have good shoulders, I yeah. thought, you know what? Mm. Let me it's wear one of them. Yeah. yeah. So shoulders. <laughs> Girl, I you do need have, no they're, they're, not, they're not too wide. They're not too big. They're not. They're just they're awesome. there. But I feel like this top is definitely very flattering. It kind of gives me that sort of square shoulder look. So this is a t-shirt from uh, one of my old samples. And then I'm wearing jeans today, um, which is very unlikely. I'm not really a jeans girl. And I'm wearing this beautiful ankle boots because it's cold in Johannesburg and a beautiful trench coat. But um, look, mm. that's what I'm wearing. Now I'm coming back to back you. To Ole you can Nadimu. run, but you can hide, you know? Yeah. 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 So, what is, yeah, so what, who are you wearing and what's, who made your clothes? Well, I'm wearing House of Ole, Autumn Winter. 2008 Alina wow. was still working for fashion week then <laughs> wow uh, wow it's uh, it's uh, you know it's uh, still relevant still still relevant, still relevant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 sick nature yeah so it's a, it's a Tonga uh, military collection we launched it at SA fashion week with DJ's boom <laughs> Tatoma Sheshi Philip Mazibuko you know um you know I, I love this collection I can't get Enough of this um, vintage house of Ole. In the future, will be vintage, not yet. Hmm? Uncle Abeg, I feel like we have introduced ourselves today. Thank you so much for joining us, and we've really explained what we are wearing. I mean, if the listeners are not, will forget. I don't know because really, like now, we are going to go straight into the yeah. matters at hand. Yep, but yes. I think it's been a very um, interesting introduction, and I think for me, one of the things I want to do, and for those of you who are tuned in as well, is when we have conversations around the business behind fashion, and we have different um, pros who are joining us on in the house or in the lab it's important for you to also know what they are how they come in why they qualify to have this conversation so this is not osu market in accra for those who think we're in osu we are not in osu we are in johannesburg holding it down here <laughs> with real with real pros who actually Liz. no i'm just saying just one more reminder i like that yeah say it just say it one, yeah, yeah one more reminder you know because people think people are always selling tomatoes at the yeah. marketplace we are not this is not osu market and and another thing is 
Um, you know what's funny, you guys, before we go on, and I know that I'm, this is now like me getting into a different vibe. Today, my quote this morning on my Instagram was, if the whole world was blind, how many people would you impress? So for me, I think we're actually doing very well in this studio and we're about to really nail it because we are ready to talk. And even if you're blind, you will hear. Yeah. Very because true. Because it's your yeah. eyes that very don't true. see. Very so, true. And, and even though we look fab, and even though we look fabulous, we are talking some talk. We yeah. are really talking. Yeah? Business. Yes. So I would like and us. Fashion. Yeah. So I would like us to go back to our topic of today and really get down and daddy. And uh, like I said, our focus today, we thought, or I felt, um, there's a lot of other topics to discuss when it comes to how we can move forward. However, I, I, we picked three conversations one around finance one around manufacturing one around retail so what i want to do is i want us to just start uh and i think theo we're going to start with you uh is to just kind of share with us when it comes to finance and we've already had this conversation and i believe strongly that in this game today as we play in this serious game if you don't have if money no day you can go home because there's nothing that you will do in this industry if you don't have money so i think that when it comes to finance uh, we're going to just pick each other's brains all around uh, the room, but we're going to start with you, Theo. What is your thoughts on where the African fashion industry is today and the finance part of it? Are investors paying attention? Are there other channels that we're not paying attention to? Finance, with money no idea, is, is, no, is nothing we can do. Let's talk. Theo, mm-hmm. talk to us. I mean, it's, it's such a huge um, subject, the finance, because I always believe that um, if we call ourselves creative, then we need to think about creative ways of financing what we do. And I've always thought that, you know, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. You have to invite to invest in what you're doing. And that's what I had to do. I had to find the money myself and invest and make something happen, something tangible that then people can then see. I'm serious about what I'm doing. I'm invested in what I'm doing because why should somebody invest in what you're doing if you're not going to invest in what you're doing? Now, people say to me, my God, you know, you're going to need thousands of pounds, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about if you are able to make an outfit, Let's because let's take, for example, Oswald. You know Oswald Boateng, right? Yes. The men's wedding. Yes. 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 Oswald and I were... I mean, back in the day, you know, this was in our clubbing days. I remember Oswald, and also through my modelling days, I remember him a lot. Now, Oswald, he didn't have his whole um, supply chain set up or his brand set up. But what he did have was himself, and he had his suit. And let me tell you, Oswald used to wear this suit everywhere he went. He'd wear it to the clubs. He'd wear it to the fashion shows. He'd wear it to the exhibitions. He was his advertisement. He was a walking brand. Mm. The way he looked, the way he held his suit, and what his suit represented was a new African narrative. It was a new narrative of saying, this is who I am. My, my suit is sharp. I am sharp, I have the look, I have elegance, I speak well, I'm articulate, this is what I do, invest in it. Mm. So he started with just something very, very simple, and then this whole domino effect happened, but he had the belief to actually wear his clothes in the, he chose um, an environment where 
his suit, his brand would be amplified. And that's how he was able to create traction and investment into his suit. So there are very creative ways of starting up a brand. And I think that was the very strong lesson that I learned. You, you have to do something with your brand. It doesn't take a lot of money to create something, wear it, put it on, and start you know, speaking it. Speaking it into manifestation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Theo, do you think that, I mean, it's great to, to, it's great, but I still feel like it's, it's not enough. I mean, it's great to do these things, wear our diesels, not like edgy with this diesel for two years, but like, anything, I feel like too it's, much yes. if you're just creative. Cause if you're just creating and you're wearing and yes, everything will come back. What you give, you get double or triple of or everything off, but don't you believe and think that there comes to a time for a fashion brand where you really need to just get money or you need to go home? There's really, there's that time. Well, I think that um, this is the first step. First of all, you've got to know what mm. you're selling. What are you selling? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, you have, get I think to buy into the, it. it's not just about money. It is about the brand. What is the brand? Who is your demographic? Who are you selling to? What are your price points? Have you got your supply chain in place? Are you adding value in terms mm. of the value chain? Where Sizing, are you going to manufacture? Can you deliver Fair. if you do get um, orders? You know, this is not just about the money. It is about the vision and how you're going to make that vision happen. I start with the concept and philosophy first and the money follows. Because if you have great belief in what you're doing and you know your business model. You now know how many um, outfits you can deliver. Who, what shops are you going to sell to retail? Who is your market? What is that demographic? What, what, who are they? What do they like? This is more than, because I think more than ever, it's not just about products, Liv. It's about selling a lifestyle. And I think the person selling the, who is um, the owner have to, of the brand has to be authentic to that lifestyle. I think that's what we're looking for. We're looking for authenticity. We're looking for innovation. We're looking for cultural um, reference point. We're looking for archives. We're looking for that narrative. We're looking for the story. Let's not forget that that is currency. Somebody told me when I was looking for money, they said, Theo, you have currency. (laughs) (laughs) You are currency that has walked in the door and now you want currency, but you are your own currency. (laughs) You are the currency. We love it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Okay. And it's when I got it that I understood value and I understood how I can now get money. Thank you. Because, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go on. Okay. Thank you so much, Theo. I'm, I'm going to just jump to Edgy just so that we can get some other insights around this finance talk. Um, I really love where you're coming from with this and it's interesting and it's good. Um, it's good. It's time to introspect. That's why the room's very quiet here. These hecklers are thinking very deep. <laughs> Edgy, what are your, what's your two cents? And even if you want to give us a different angle of it, when I say finance is a very, very, very imperative part of uh, our journey um, as fashion brands and as fashion, uh, fashion businesses, especially in this continent today. Well, I think it's good to, to introspect. But at the end of the day, Fashion is an industry, and like all other industries, you need you need you need uh, a power behind it, and that power is mostly going to be money investments. Yes, we have to have manufacturing, we have to have um, the design acumen and everything, but all of those things 
come to nothing if there's no financial push behind it. So I think in Africa, though, the designers are there. Whether we are in Africa or in Europe or wherever we are, we are deeply talented. But the fact that we are still struggling, though we may not be struggling too much, but we are still struggling. We're not where we want to be. It's also a mirror of how financially involved or how how much involvement we have from the investment sector, you know? So I do think that fashion designers in Africa, fashion in Africa does need uh, very defined um, access to to investment, you know, like that we have to have an investment structure. We have to have investors in Africa that are that actually regard fashion as as a money making uh, industry, not just like we're being showy, we we're just talking a lot and we're not making money. Fashion makes money. I, I think other than other than restaurants, I don't know who else makes more money. Mm. You know, so I, I do I do think that we do need um, very defined um, access. To, to to resources, financial resources in Africa. Thank thank you, Edgy, for your um for your feedback. Um, we're going to go straight to Ole. Ole, what what? Okay, well, Alina is putting her finger up. Okay, so we're going. To, she's burning. <laughs> she's like, listen, here I'm the queen. Let the queen speak. Then uh, we're going to go to Alina, and then we'll come to you, Ole. Okay. Then. Sorry, Liz. Thank you. Um, you know, I mean, I love your 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 introduction. Your introduction about um. You know, where, where we are economically in terms of the industry. I mean, you raised a point and which kind of made me think about where I was last year in, in Addis for the African reception, um, event. And, you know, for some reason I catch a snippet of, um, I don't know if it was an ad or it was something that was happening on CNN, but I just paused and I watched it. And it was in 2020 in terms of the economical growth for textile industry, you know, and they were like looking at these countries within the continent. So they were saying, number one, it's South Africa, you know, that's leading. Two, it's Egypt. And three, it's Nigeria. So now I sat down, I was like, okay, that's very interesting, you know, and why, why, why this? And why are they talking about it? And I thought, okay, with South Africa, where we're sitting, you know, it's, it is possible. So, so we're sitting now and trying and educating our, our, our consumers in terms of our brands because we've got so many designers that we have, so many designers who are in the creative space. But in terms of just the value chain and understanding how it works, you know, which you will come to it, you know, um, economically, how do we make sure that taken from what Theo said is that this brand awareness, understanding your brand, how do we take it further than just having this amazing brand and making sure that it works? And I thought, okay, one thing that we have to look at is just that educational, educating our consumer, you know, about our local brands, you know. And I mean, with Egypt, I can't tell the, because I've never tapped into their industry, you know. But when I look at Nigeria, and I'm like, okay, possibilities are there because they support their own. But, you know? but yeah, but Alina, touching specifically on mm. finance, that's Please. where I want to pick your brain before we move further because. Yeah. I think everything is uh, sort of um, is going to be affected by how we play within these different issues. Issue. Yeah. I don't want to call them issues, but those things. Challenges. Those subjects. No, yes. challenges is too much. Africa mm. is not challenged. We're fine. But this is just... <laughs> just well, no, we, I'm just saying because the yes. world thinks we're hungry. We're fine. <clears throat> just tell me, when it comes to the finance bit of it, what do you think or what do you see should happen? 
what systems, what what do you feel should happen to really get brands to the next level, or maybe just your feedback based on what uh, Edgy or what Theo has actually shared with us? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll obviously also go back to my experience and what I actually work on. You know, I mean, we just had the African fashion vibe just now recently. So you can only also speak about what you contribute and what you do as well. So, for instance, um, you, you know, if, if designers or the creative industry do not speak in the same voice and do not support each other, you know, then we have challenges. And I mean, challenges is in different levels, you know, because finance would come, you know, if you, if you have to talk to government, for instance, to assist the clothing and textile industry in South Africa, you cannot go as Alina and say, I am speaking on behalf of 12,000 designers. And this is what they're going through. <laughs> You know, those designers have to be part of this movement and we must make sure we actually go through like the whole value chain in terms of what is it in this value chain that we have to look at, you know, do we go through, um, uh, CMT level? Do we go to, through, uh, your, uh, your fabrication? Do we go through like your, your, uh, capabilities of them being able to supply, you know? So there's a lot of things that we have to do, but we first have to be together, speak from the same, uh, a voice and be understanding where to from now. Because, I mean, I, I posted something earlier on as well to, to a group that we have, you know, about our industry. And one of the points that uh, a doctor mentioned is that, you know, Clothing and textile industry cannot go further without support, you know. But one of the things that she also mentioned was that that support has to come from understanding because we cannot go, fund me because I want to go show in Paris. Fund me because I want to, while you're still battling to actually even make sure that your foundation is actually sorted. But can we just also say one of the things, and I'm, I'm coming to you only now, but one of the things I want us to also remember as we continue this conversation is we as Africa have to stay and get away from the fund me. Nobody owes anyone. No, very true. Very true. So, very you, can't, true. so you cannot, this is not a fund me project with a signboard on your head. That very says, true. How, however, there's so many other ways. I think, Alina, let's take a pause and listen to what okay. Ole has to say yeah. and we are coming back. Thank you. Because I know, yeah. I know. That <laughs> I can carry <laughs> on. I can carry on. You can go on for days. <laughs> Ole, what, I am, I'm just about to start. <laughs> what are your two, what's your two cents on finance? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> let's talk about money. All right. Um, I think... Less has been said about money in the creative industry, but more time and conversation has always centered around uh, creativity, who you dress, your collection, and I think it's high time we talk about money. And I think money follows two things. First, it follows a gift and it follows a character. You know, we do have a lot of create, create creative designers, but they don't have characters to carry the gift for them to go to another level. And I think the two will help us to build a very solid um, industry and to help us to, to understand that in the business of fashion, uh, those two things are vital, are very important. Because if you're not gifted, if you're not creative, if you're not called for this, you're wasting time. Okay. Number two, you can have a gift. You can be one of the best designers, but if you don't have character, if if you don't have business ethics, if if you don't understand the the, the importance of 
you know, uh, respecting your client and so on and so forth, you know, I don't think, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll make a, a, a financial viable business. So I believe that making money in this case is not a gift. It's an attitude. So we need to have an attitude of understanding that we are in the business of fashion. And uh, I want to, just before I move to Tepo, I want to find out from you one more thing. What about uh, the conversation around the brand, the demand of the brand has become bigger than the brand and therefore it either means you need financial injection from and it could be investment i said i'm not this is not a beggar beg give me or, no, or, or you or come or we want money it's really seriously this is a business so like any other business uh proposition it would be something that you now put on the table and present to different um yeah. in potential investors whether mm-hmm. it's your government or it's your private investment i think private investment is where we should actually be paying attention to so much tell yeah. me what you look what uh, i think i think uh, we've established the fact that money is important investment is important but before you get into investment and money question is as a designer how many are you selling per week how many pens are you selling per week you know are you selling at all before you can have financial capital investment you know uh, unfortunately some designers they want investment but they're not even moving 10 garments per week and they want to establish factories who are you going to supply with that factory do you know how to grow your own money do you have that financial muscle that knows how to maintain 20,000 in your account wow are you going to have 20,000 and the first thing if you don't know how to make that 20,000 <laughs> you won't be able to maintain that <laughs> you'll go to marble go buy Prada <laughs> sunglasses or whatever so you need to know how to make 20,000 in order to sustain it and you know grow that 20,000 unfortunately you know uh, we, we mustn't neglect or negate the fact that uh, we need to grow as well on how to handle money. You know, most of us, we are not taught uh, the business of, um, you know, looking after money from home, unfortunately. And some of the creative schools, they only focus on your skill and that's it. Thank you so much, Ole. Uh, Tepo, you have to talk to us about this thing because you're giggling the whole time. <laughs> We just I was wanna, actually having fun. Just think, uh, we just want to hear from you before we uh, we move to the next thing because this conversation about finances. Yes, you know what? Um, I've got a different story to tell outside of what I've heard and what other people have realized or are willing to talk about. Um, at one stage, I found that uh, getting your business financed by a third party almost stood between you and realizing what your game plan and your your dreams are and that disappointed me it disappointed me so much that I seeked other means hence I'm not so um, apologetic to anybody who's going to sit around and wait for government <laughs> <laughs> But mama, tell us the magic, you know, because here we want to also be able to say you that this there is no magic. <laughs> I don't want to be unfair. I had, I had an advantage. I had people that believed in me. I had people that loved me, that wanted to support me. And, that's and that was vision. great. And, 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 and it's, it, it, it made all the difference. It made all the difference because if you're going to sit and wait for government, you, you got to be like 34 and 34 years and seven months old. 
<laughs> no, I think make it 58. <laughs> you know, no, no, for, for the, the youth. For, for the youth. <laughs> 35, four months old, something like that. And I wasn't willing to let that um, be the end all and be all to my career. So I sought other means. And I wish that everybody else would do the same, really. I mean, government is can only do so much. I'm not willing to speak ill of them. I think they have helped enough people to have themselves recognized. But um, like I said, there's a point where you need you as your designer need to decide how badly do you want it and sort other means. Find people that believe in your gift. I think um, one of the things I want to know from this roundtable, because I know that this one, we could go on and on. All these conversations, we will go on and on. But do we agree, first of all, that there is a point in a fashion brand's lifespan? And I think here there's a lot of brands that I feel, especially in the continent, that are really, really, like they got their stuff together. The only thing that's holding them back is they're not able to meet demand because... Demand fulfilling demand is, is finance. It goes back to how much money do you have, and so I think it it doesn't happen in, overnight. Uh, you can build it up. Do, but do you agree? Can we say what is our way forward on um, finance? Can we say that fi- pri- private it. private investment? First of all, might be something we haven't paid attention to, and I think a lot of people think, okay, let's go to the government. What about the private investors who want to work on micro businesses and actually want to focus on that more? Do you do we Please. do we all agree that first of all that there's got to be some sort of options for a fashion business or a business in whatever way? Anyway, we're obviously talking about fashion here, where you get to a certain level where you are able to understand this is what the business is. You're able to sit down and close a deal because of the fact that the business makes sense, not just for you for your consumer. It fulfills a demand, and it is time for it to get to the next level. Because I mean, there, yes, and a, we must let's we must also say what is the next level. You know what I'm saying? For, for, for every brand, you know, because we're sitting and we think, okay, I would, I'm sitting here. I'm not a designer, but I'd know that if I'm talking to a corporate company and I'm saying to you, you run an ad agency, an ad agency that actually does adverts and soapies and here and there, you know, who dresses those people? Mm. You know, mm. the fact of the matter, the people that needs to be dressing them as local designers. You know, and they need to be paid for it. But when you do have an ad or a, a music video that has been done, you know, someone will tell you they don't have budget for fashion, you know, but uh, they have budget for, for, for makeup and have budget for other things. Oh, so yeah. we, we need to start also moving towards the, yes, the next level of how do we make this money and fit in into this corporate industry, you know? And yeah, I think. Oh, I think okay, okay. Uh, Theo, you go ahead. AG and Theo. <laughs> very good point because you know you you make the analogy between South Africa and Nigeria and I think you know there is an educational aspect to this debate um, in terms of Nigerians support Nigerians Mm. we spend on in fact if you're Niger we want to spend that is just ingrained in us from birth Mm. whatever Nigerian we want to put our money in in it so what that does, it creates a mentality of a circular economy. You know, the money goes, we spend it in our food, we'll spend it in our designers, we'll spend it in our in our clubs. We'll spe- we spend within the economy of the country as well as outside, you know. So that creates a circular economy where money actually 
circulate among um, let's say in terms of the food, um, the uh, the um, supply chain, and I think this is what's lacking because in South Africa I don't really see any evidence of that. That the people from the grassroots up, the question is, are they supporting their own first? Are they? Um, guys, am I? Yeah, Edgy wants to one. Alina, one second. Let Edgy. No, my. My my point is this: If we're talking purely money, you know, at the next level is commercial. At this point, I just feel like in Africa we're very subsistence based. Like the designer makes a few things, sells them, you know. But for us to get to that next level, which is really commercial, you can satisfy your orders, you can be in the stores, you can you can compete, you know, globally. We're too, we we have we have to compete globally at this point anyway. So. That needs money. That needs private investment. That means that African designers have to show private investors that, yes, we can make money. So maybe the emphasis has to be on how do we band together to create, um, uh, I don't know, create something that allows private investors to look in and see the potential in Africa. Of course, it's going to be the biggest market in a few years, but fashion is normally second and third or whatever in, in the chain of in the value chain, you know, in, in terms of driving commerce, and we're not there yet. So how do we become a big component of, of commerce in Africa? You know, I, we need private investments to, mm. to do that, to I, be I, honest. I also agree with that. I think we definitely do need private investment. Guys, I want to say something. We have manufacturing and retail to talk about, but with our mouths, hey, Hey, I tell you in Africa, we don't talk, we talk, we don't, we talk, talk, talk all day long. But <laughs> I don't know how we're going to divide this, but, um, I really appreciate uh, the input that's been shared so far around retail. And I think for me, like I said, I also agree with Edge and I agree with everyone because we're talking about different angles towards this whole finance, our attitude towards finance, who's ready for finance. And I think that, you know, for those who are listening, for those who are running their fashion businesses, I think it's really up to you to actually, based on all the feedback that we've been able to gather today here under the finance conversation is to look and to introspect and to check out your own thing and what's happening with it, where it is and figure out how you're going to go because there is no romance without finance in this world. I tell you. <laughs> so I, so I want to just quickly touch on manufacturing. What What is the current situation? What do you guys think? Where are we going? Should we move to China? I don't, don't, don't kill me. Should we move to China? Should we, uh, bring China here? Should we continue to empower the uh, industry enough to be able to what? Maybe work more on training and spend time more on training, especially when it comes to new technologies uh, around the manufacturing space? Because obviously, I feel like a lot of people who I have had conversations with on this show, the, those brands who are producing outside of Africa are only producing outside of Africa because the technology they needed to produce whatever items they needed to produce here or manufacture here was not here. So, can we hear something on the table? Come out, come out, come out. Let's start. Let's talk. <laughs> well, Africa, Africa has a couple of advantages where if we could make production in Africa, the, the, the gains are just insane. So let's say with the Agoa initiative, me. So everything you produce in Africa comes to the U.S., for instance, for no, for no, with no, no duties at all on, on them. So imagine if all Navy was producing in Africa, um, and, they are saving a little bit of money on every item. I mean, that that is such an incentive to produce in Africa. But 
you know, we have to have quality control systems. We have to have um, the right machinery, all of these things. And, yeah, we do have them in places where it's so spotted. It's so spotty everywhere. So you don't have Africa as a major, major force, at least to the potential that we should have um, in, in manufacturing. But manufacturing is huge. But it all circles down to money, though. It all circles down to investments in manufacturing. And investments are going to be are going to be private. But uh, I mean, that's an area where we we could we could we could milk it if we got just marginally stronger. Yeah, we we have. I mean, we are such an attraction to companies to produce in Africa because of the the no duties. You're absolutely right. I mean, um, my experience in uh, the retail, my experience in the retail. Um, Environment were, was what inspired me to have a studio in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with big retailers, I know that it takes about three to four to six months to get, have things arrive in the country. And one of the ways I sought opportunity in it was really about... Um, Knowing that I can lower that turnaround, I can exploit trends quicker than they can ever bring them into the country because of the units that they require. I can make a living and and bring and and introduce those trends. Although I'm not in a, a trend orientated business, I feel like my my resources. Having them closer to me in a smaller scale can allow me to take advantage of that a lot quicker. And that's what a lot of designers don't realize. If you can make a smaller um, sort of like a example of what you find in the retail industry, you're always at an advantage, really. You don't have to wait and send a tech pack and wait for QA samples and wait for for lab dips and things like that, if you know what I'm talking about. I don't need mm-hmm. that. So I can source fabric and turn around a lot quicker than they can. And I think that's the opportunity that a lot of local designers are not aware of. We need to take advantage of that. Wow, thank you. I want to go to Ole. Ole, uh, just Well, I think let's deal with the myth first. The myth is that um, if I'm a South African designer, everything that I do must be produced in South Africa. It's not the case. It doesn't have to be like that. If you study the the business model of top brands, you know they they don't produce everything that they do in the country that they're coming from. You know we need to wise up as South African and African designers and collaborate. And if there's a manufacturer in Namibia that does maybe handbags or shoes, you collaborate and you produce shoes maybe in Namibia or Angola or anywhere in the world. Yes, we need to build industries in South Africa. Yes, we need technology. Yes, we need, you know, to produce all these things here. But between now and then, business must continue. So find the best collaboration or partner or supplier possible so that you can grow your business in the hindsight while rebuilding the industry. Unfortunately, you know, in South Africa right now, most of the factories are shut. You know, like for instance, we don't have a solid factory that can produce shoes in South Africa, mm. menswear sure. shoes. So what do I do? Do I just stand here and say there's no shoe producing in South Africa, therefore as a South African designer I'm just going to stay here and die here? No. <laughs> no. So, you know, it is needed. But before then, let's wise up 
and check the international selling brands. What do they do? Maybe we can learn a thing or two from there. China is great today in terms of manufacturing and delivering and all of that because of the certain thing that they did right. So maybe let's look not let's not look at China as an enemy, but learn from them. One or two things exactly. we can adopt and bring exactly. to our South African content. So in South Africa, how best can we execute or learn one or two things from that? Sure. It's very nice, Alina and Theo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to just support um, uh, what uh, Ole's saying, you know. Obviously, you know, you have to learn from the big industry players. You know, if they're doing something very well, you know, you need to find out in, in your own country or in your own space, how can you actually tap into what they're doing? You know, I mean, for instance, uh, South Africa through the DTI took about six or ten uh, designers into China to have like an advanced course in, in, in fashion, you know, and I mean, some of these things do happen, you know, in, in our eyes, but then obviously, you know, we, we think that you need to do more. How about you bring like the, those Chinese, uh, people who are so experienced in the fashion industry to actually transfer skills and knowledge into our country, find ways in which we can actually get into their level because I mean, um, we cannot also just uh, subject ourselves to just a little studio at the corner there. You know, we need to get to the point whereby we say we want to have a departmental store that actually we can supply, you know, and, and, and the stuff are done in Africa and we can actually have 53 countries, you know, uh, uh, having these departmental store. But how do we do it? So you have to create a journey, you know, that we can actually start on and say, okay, fine. We are struggling with this, you know. How do we make sure that we change the, 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 the norm? You know, we have students that are actually in colleges. I always say this to Liz every time. I mean, we've got about um, 35 or 38 colleges, for instance, in South Africa. So you've, you tell me about 8,000 kids are graduating every year. What Where happens to, hobo, to all of them? You know, so can we not have someone perfecting their skills in, in cutting, perfecting their skills in, 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 in grading, in grading in to, you know, exactly, whatever. you know, because we're not all going to be brand owners, but how do we just sure. make sure, you know, um, mm. yeah. Thank you, Alina. Yeah. Theo, what's your two cents on this? We're about no, to, we're losing time now, so we're going to make okay. this. It's, it's really interesting because I think, you know, there is obviously a market in terms of, you know, transfer of skills from China. But I also believe that we should also be looking at our traditional crafts and techniques. Because, you know, these are our heritage um, brands, so to speak. Mm -hmm. These are things that only we can do. You know, we we also have to look at what um, differentiates us from other markets. So Mm -hmm. I always like to remind um, ourselves that we have traditional techniques, uh, traditional crafts that, you know, there is a huge global international market that want these things, you know. They're looking at authenticity. They're looking at um, the beauty of our traditions, the beauty of our beading, the beauty of the way we, we, I'm not talking about wax either, I'm talking about indigenous techniques, indigenous materials that we can use and also learn how to make these products all these items of clothing, contemporary, you know, because that, that was my beginning, that there was a, this is what I spotted, There, like me, I'm looking for something that represents me, mm. I'm looking for something that represents my African roots, traditionally, but I'm also looking for something that's hip and happening, and I found that in La Duma, that is why I brought La Duma over to London, because there is a market, an international market, 
I know that is hungry for these types of products. And also because, you know, they're handmade or because they're, you know, created or made or manufactured by rural, rural women, these are niche markets, but, but you have a justification for higher price points because the consumer is buying into the story and willing to pay a higher price price but then something that is made True. in China so it's all about our narrative our heritage and uh, the riches that we have sometimes I feel that in Africa we don't see what we have yes. only when it's validated <laughs> yes. outside Absolutely. or you know another international designer makes math like that all of a sudden you know we learn to see what we have that's mm -hmm. why I mean Lizzie I, we, I don't know go back to finance but Finance with no vision makes no sense to me. Ooh, we, that's, that is our hashtag, guys. That is, finance with no vision. That is our, that's our line for today. Guys, we have this conversation and like, I just knew it wasn't going to end. I mean, I even tried to speak so quick today in the beginning, <laughs> just so we can have enough time. But Theo, I want to thank you for your insights. I want us to continue this conversation and we can continue it on social media. For those who are tuned in, um, we are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We're on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. And definitely we are going to continue this and to also just kind of pick your mind and share some insights. Theo, thank you so much for joining us. Edgy, thank okay. you for your insights. Uh, Tepo, Alina, Ole, it's been thank beautiful. You. Having you, you guys before we uh, before we uh, leave, we're gonna do two things. The first thing is gonna be who would you want to dress and why. That is our red glass of wine. It's that time, <laughs> and then the second thing will just be a parting shot with either your website or how people are, can actually how our audience can actually connect with you. So, who would you want to dress and why? We're gonna start with Alina. We're making it quick. <laughs> oh my word, Liz, you always do this to me. I mean, for me, where the money is at, you know politicians i would want to dress all of them make sure that the money comes back and make sure that we all in those advertising agencies tv programs make sure that our designers get that money from chop, them chop that money you know exactly from them <laughs> locally you know and yeah i'm on instagram as alina silwani missouri alina missouri um african fashion vibe and uh, asm fashion consulting agency thank you liz thank you ole who would you want to dress and why well, um, it goes without saying, Theo. Oh, oh, oh you stole mine! You stole mine! I want to dress Theo for one simple reason. She's an international citizen and pro-African, you know, and she's Yay. very stylish. And I like how eclectic she is when it comes to, you know, the fashion and oh, tailoring. So oh, I think she will look good on my suits. Oh, that's beautiful! And, and, and who? And how? And how can our listeners connect with you? Connect. Um, you can follow the us on Instagram. Yeah, at House of Ole. Or yeah, that's it. Thank Insta. you so much, Tepo. Who would you want to dress and why? Sure. Okay, you guys all stole mine, <laughs> but I would. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I want to dress, and I think this is gonna come out tops. I want to dress Kelly Kumado. <laughs> <laughs> I love that girl and I think she's so dynamic. I got your number. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I need her number because she needs me to dress her for other occasions Kelly. other than her stage performances. Okay. And I and how can our listeners Kelly. connect with you? <laughs> I am Sober Design House on uh Facebook, Sober Design House on um 
Instagram. And I'm Miss Sober. M-I-S-S-O-B-E-R on Twitter. Thank you so much for, for, for joining us. Edgy, who would, no, Edgy, Theo, who would you want to address and why? Edgy, you're coming next, sorry. <laughs> no, Edgy is a stubborn child. He's coming last. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I love everyday people. I really do. Now, even though I'm seen as a fashionista, I'm so, you know, I feel highly confident, but I do like everyday people. And I just thought, I like mothers. I like those old mothers. <laughs> you know, they've got, they've had like six children. <laughs> they don't have time to look after themselves or anything like that. And I would love to just dress those kinds of everyday, all our unsung heroes, you know, give them a look, hair, makeup, and just make them feel good for a day. I'd love to. And Theo, how can our listeners connect with you? Okay, so TPLHC, that's on the Facebook page. Theodora Mambala, that's Facebook, my personal Facebook. And at Omambala, Instagram. Thank you very much. Edgy, who would you want to address and why? And not, you? No, not me, not Theo, not no one here. <laughs> Look, we are being hard on no, but this is this is serious. Though. Okay, okay, cool. Because uh, a few a few months ago, we had this conversation about like how we could how you could um, have um, an African feel to your denim. Mm-hmm. And based on that, we're working on this caftan mm-hmm. that we add into our denim line. That and I thought about you every time we're designing it. Oh, thank you, Edgy. I hope I'm going to be impressed. <laughs> And um, um, do you want to share your Twitter or your Instagram, just how our listeners can connect with you? They can catch me on Fashion Lab okay. <laughs> every Thursday. Fanta- fantastic, guys. I today want to dress everybody in this squad. So I want to dress Seppo, I want to dress Alina, I want to dress Ole, I want to dress Theo and Edgy all together wow. in the Lizo Gumbo denim uh, line that's coming and dropping soon. So, guys, it's oh, been amazing yeah. having you all. For those who are running your fashion businesses, we wish you all the best, and we just hope that you can pay more attention to whatever it is that you're building. We are on www.fashionlabafrica.com. And it's peace and love until next week. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.